All right, episode four. Lots unpacked today. Blockbuster trades in the NFL going on. Um, starting things off, uh, Dolphins trade the number three pick for this coming draft uh, to the 49ers. And then uh, the number 12 trade they got from that, uh, they then trade to Philadelphia. Uh, so when it's all said and done, Miami will now have number six and number 18 pick in the first round. Um, Dolphins also come out ahead on this as they acquire multiple first-round picks for the 2022-2023 draft. Um, I guess, how do you weigh in on what this means for the Dolphins? Does it mean that they're going all in on Tua now? So now that they know they don't have to keep the number three pick? Yeah, um, I think that's a clear sign that Tua is their guy. Um, they're going to they're gonna give him that opportunity this year to step in there under center. Now that he's this is his second year in the league now, um, kind of he's considered a veteran almost, some would say, because he did get it in a little bit of time last year. Uh, he looks – and he didn't play too bad last year. I mean, they did, they did get him some weapons. They did also lose a handful of guys, but they did bring him in a couple wide receivers, uh, Kenny Stills. Sign down there. That's going to be huge for them. Um, but, yeah, definitely shows two as their guy. No questions asked now because the media can lay off that. We can lay off that. Mm -hmm. It's not really um, – looks like it's a question mark anymore. Two is their guy. So, I, I, I guess still on that topic, uh, what was it? Our uh, Two episodes ago, we kind of did an NF or a first – three picks of the draft breakdown. Obviously we, we had projected uh, kind of the Dolphins leaning towards uh, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson. If the um, Jets don't pick them up, we were kind of up in the air where that's going to be now with San Francisco with that number three pick. What do you think San Francisco goes after? And to keep in mind as well, um, the 49ers made a statement uh, either today or yesterday that Jimmy G is their guy. Um, for this so, year. Yeah, Just for this, this year. year is what they said. So who is San Fran eyeing up that they had to, they felt they had to go up to number three? Dace Fields. Justin Fields. Um, they're going to take him. They're gonna, he's going to get the experience behind Jimmy G this year. He's going to get to learn the offense. going to get to um, – see how day-to-day -day operations work out there in San Francisco. And then I feel they move on from Jimmy G after the season's over when uh, the salary gets – the market gets back to normal uh, where the teams will have that salary cap where everybody can get kind of paid. Um, yeah, I mean, who else do you, do you think the 49ers would target? Uh, they got Kittle. Mm-hmm. They got great running backs. They got still have some wide receivers. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe maybe they go after um, what's his name? Alabama wide running receiver. back. Wide oh, receiver. Devontae Harris or Devontae Smith. 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 Yeah. Maybe they go after him and try to get a game breaker. Um, just more help for Jimmy G for them to try to see what they can do, but I've, I feel this is a pure move where they're going to bring in Fields, which is going to be their guy of the future. Jimmy G is going to kind of show them the reins, and maybe even halfway through the year, depending on their record, maybe Fields gets the nod, and Jimmy G kind of takes that backup spot, and they try to work out a deal to move him somewhere else where he can play. It, 
rate that last sentence you said, kind of a wild card thought that comes into my head immediately with Jimmy G. Even though the the team was never brought up during this trade, do you think that there's that little that little chirp in the ear from the Patriots saying, "Hey, if you go out and get Fields, we'll take Jimmy G back." They only signed Newton to a one year deal, so they're kind of they're kind of putting New, Newton on the fence on the chopping block. Do they go to try to get Jimmy G back? Somebody who proved to be to fit into the system when Tom Brady went or uh, had his four game suspension a couple years ago. I think looking at that situation, I feel because they did sign Newton to that one year deal. However, look at that first day of free agency. The Patriots went wild, spending like $185 million, loading up on the tight ends, loading up on the line. They're getting their guys back. I really feel like they built this thing for Cam Newton this year to really thrive and for them to make a shot and make a push for the playoffs. Um, Saying that though, like you said, Cam Newton say he does bad this year and can't really do much kind of what last year looked like, except for this year, he's got some weapons. He struggles. I could definitely see them bill getting on the phone saying, Hey, we want our guy back. You know, what do we got to do to get him back? Cause he's still fairly young and he can still play the game. Oh yeah. Um, I really feel like Bill didn't want to let him go when he had to let him go since he was kind of like his guy and now would be a chance for them to be reunited, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, even though it's a bit, well, I, I wouldn't say a long shot because you never know with Bill Belichick. Uh, what, where, do you, where else do you think would be a good landing spot for Jimmy G if they decide to give Fields the nod maybe mid-year and maybe look to trade Jimmy before the trade deadline about halfway through the season? Uh, there's a handful of spots that could use a quarterback. Houston, that's, a, that's up in the air. Um, Denver, Denver could use quarterback. They've kind of been hurting for one. This they hurt really, really been hurting for one. Uh, last year they looked very, very bad, and then they had the whole unfortunate thing where all their quarterbacks had to sit out because COVID. You know, last year was kind of a a laughing, laughing season for them. One like one that they'd like to forget about real quick. Mm -hmm. Atlanta, Matt Ryan. How long is he still going to hang on? You know, um, Washington football team. I know they did get Fitz Magic. Uh, did they say he's going to be the starter? Um, I think so. I think they kind of leaned saying that he's going to be their QB one, if I if I remember correctly. Um, especially with them releasing Alex Smith, so it's basically going to be between Haney and. Fitz magic to see who gets the spot. Um, unless they bring in, unless they brought in Fitzpatrick to kind of be a mentor to um, the young guy to, I don't know, get him, get him prepped, but I don't know. I'm, I'm sure Fitzpatrick doesn't want to come in and be a backup and play that mentor role either. He's, he, he has glimpses of, again, he has his nickname of Fitz, Fitz magic is for a reason. He has glimpses of doing amazing things, but it's he's always in tandem with another quarterback where he only plays a game or two and then benched and then this and that. It's got to be hard for, to do that. And then all of a sudden, two weeks later, oh, he's he threw two picks, you're back in. So it's like just to be swapped in and out like that, that's got to be hard for a quarterback. 
Absolutely. And how he keeps doing it over and over again, still finding a way to win games. Um, I was just looking at his contract really quick here. Um, one year, $10 million deal. And then it has the $2 million for incentives. So it kind of looks like he is going to be that starting quarterback, giving him that 2 million of incentives as he goes out there and balls. He says he's feeling better than ever and uh, that there's good juju going around right now in Washington. Sticking on that topic, it looks like that name, the Washington football team, looks like that might stay. Uh, mm-hmm. City city people like it. Uh, I think it's a good fit for him. Yeah. I mean, it's very basic. It's it's a simple name. But, I mean, again, it's the the Washington Redskins, what they used to be. I can't remember what year they came. They're they're one of the older teams, so it kind of fits their um, their older kind of tradition of, of a name. Nowadays, new teams they come in, they have these flashing names, things like that. So it's nice to see a team kind of take a step back and just simplify things um, and kind of go back to the old days. Even kind of like what Alabama does, just the number on the helmet. They don't even have the logo, things like that. Um, I mean, obviously, like the the name that got thrown around behind closed doors was the Washington Sentinels, which would be is a cool name as well. But like you said, I think it fits them. Um, if they decide to keep that as a name, I mean, good for them. It's it's easy for them because they don't have to change everything again, change their logos, all their merchandise, advertising, things like that, um, which I'm sure isn't a cheap thing to do. So. Uh, which I'm sure is a big factor into why they're deciding to, or to keep it that way. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But if they keep it as it is, good for them. Leonard Fournette back with the box. Yeah, one year, uh, $3.25 million. Um, I know we, were, we talked briefly on the last couple episodes where the last two guys – Big guys that they really had to sign were four nets and uh, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. I was going to say Smith for some reason. Antonio Smith. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Antonio Brown. So um, again, another another uh, flashy receiver. What whether they have the money to keep him? Um, if he if he wants to take a pay cut and only take a couple of million dollars for a one year deal, kind of like Fournette did. Uh, run it back if he's more concerned about winning another title maybe he'll stay Uh, otherwise if he wants to go out again like we talked about there's not a lot of teams are kind of established their identity with their receiving core I don't really see him going anywhere aside from maybe Houston or the Jets are kind of the really the two teams that stick out where he could go be a number one Um, but yeah aside from that he'd he'd take on a number two or a number three role which, if he's going to do that, he might as well stay with the, with the Bucks, have have the greatest all time quarterback throwing him the rock, and try to go back to back. Yeah, but is he wanted in Tampa anymore? That's that's the question. Because look at the past for Antonio Brown. Tom Brady puts out a tweet: "Come play with me in Pittsburgh, in New England." He's there. Then he gets suspended. Okay, kind of. Tom Brady still had his back, talking publicly. He's a good guy. He's all this gets down to Tampa. Hey, AB Gronk, come on, let's come down here. You can live with me. All this type of stuff. Do you think Tom would have said something? But you think Tom would have made sure he's part of that team if he really 
was a necessary fit down there as like he did. He got him when he wanted him any other time. So I don't really see why this time would be different. Yeah. Um, Seattle. I know Russ said that he wanted him, but that looks like that ain't going to happen. It's just a very interesting situation right now for Antonio Brown because of the baggage that comes with, with him as a, as a person and a player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, it seems like Tom Brady's kind of had his back for a while and throughout this offseason so far, he hasn't really stuck his neck out saying he wants him back. Obviously, if Tom Brady comes out publicly and said they want him back, boom, they go and sign him because it's Tom Brady. He kind of – he's the second head coach of that team kind of. So, um, so, yeah, it makes you wonder now if maybe Antonio Brown's kind of being – sloppy again with the way he is and Tom Brady's kind of giving him his strike three and saying I've stuck my neck out for you in New England and you go and get go and do your shit there and now maybe he's in in trouble with something again and something's going to come out in the next couple weeks but yeah who knows It's, it's definitely been quiet he's definitely been one of those guys where free agency there's been a lot of guys moving around things like that and Antonio Brown's just kind of had this question mark over him and that's all that's been said about him because nobody really knows anything else. Yeah, there's nothing. And that's one thing, too, that has also been kind of interesting. You used to see AB in the news all the time on every single sports network 24-7 talking about what what a guy is and whatnot, like with everything that happened. You haven't heard nothing about the guy in the last three years, yet he just goes out there and wins a Super Bowl. Um I still think he's got the talent to keep playing. He definitely looked very good in the Super Bowl. I could kind of see him being like a Jerry Rice playing till he's close to 40, so long as he keeps his head on straight. He's in his 30, he's in his mid 30s and he looks like he's he's got the same step as some of these young guys. And on top of that, he's got more knowledge than them. So, if he can keep his head on straight and stay in his physical condition that he's in, of course he's not going to be breaking records like Jerry Rice because he's missed due to suspensions and taking a year off and this and that. He had a couple of years in a row where he was a thousand yard receiver and like a lot of touchdown passes and he probably set some franchise records for the Steelers. But to go out and um kind of chase that number that Jerry Rice has out there, um obviously of playing past the the forty year mark, I could see him doing it, but is he going to stay relevant to that point? That's that's the bigger question. And receivers usually don't last that long now, especially with the beating that they take hitting them. Oh, yeah. With how fast they got to run and move and just the way of the world in general, especially living in the United States, um, there's a lot of things that affect, you know, unless you're like LeBron James or Russell Wilson where you're spending – $3 million on your body to take care of yourself year round to make sure that you are the top of the top where you can be. It's just a big question mark for guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as, as it comes up, we'll, we'll see too, especially with uh, once the draft comes around, a lot of these question marks on these teams, as far as guys that they currently have on the fence or guys that they currently have as free agents, um, 
obviously the draft will kind of put it into place. If they go and get somebody in the same position, okay, maybe they're going to get rid of that guy. If they go out and they get somebody else, okay, maybe they're going to try to work something out. So that's always interesting to see how the draft plays out, not only to see uh, new blood in the NFL, but to also kind of fill in those gaps of current players and their state on these teams. Yeah, and like you said, once it gets closer to the draft time, we will definitely dive in deeper and go more in-depth on what these teams are going to look to pick, who they're going to like, all that kind of stuff. And we're still unsure yet if we're going to break it down by division or if we're just going to do it in all one podcast. So we're we're not too sure on how we're going to do that yet. But we definitely want to dive in deep and, and really get get in there with that NFL draft coming as it's a pretty big class that's about to hit. Yeah. It kind of kind of sticking with the NFL and talking about Antonio Brown's trouble. Um, another player who just recently got in trouble, Marshawn Lattimore, arrested in Cleveland, uh, found with possession of a loading gun, which they believe to be stolen. Um, why he was in Cleveland? Everybody always talks shit about Cleveland being this horrible city. Why the fuck he was there getting in trouble? Um, and then also to add, the Saints had no comment at this time. Um, maybe over the weekend, we'll. Um, the comments will come out and on our episode on Monday, we'll circle back to this and see if there's more to talk about it. But I mean, again, we we always got to throw shade at some of these guys as far as being professional athletes, kind of being a role model for the sports community and they go out and do stuff like this. I mean, especially with, again, the mental health awareness that, it becomes more and more prevalent every day to where these guys have the, can go get, go to resources that you and I can't go to. If we have mental health issues, at least we can't afford it as much as some of these guys can, but they just allow it to kind of slip and then get into weapons or drug issues or like the Deshaun Watson scandal, stuff like that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And unfortunate for him, He's only 24 and going into his last year of his contract with the Saints. Um, he's a great player. He's oh, yeah. one of the top one of the top corners. Uh, this is his fourth year into the league, or this is going to be his fourth year in the league. He's been to three pro, pro Bowls already, and he was NFL's Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2017. Dude's a stud, but if you can't if you can't keep it together off the field, you know, and you're getting caught up with a uh, a gun, a stolen gun in a different state, in a different city, and you're with some people you may or may not know. Who knows? Who knows if it was him or if it was the people that he was with? But still, you being who you are and the role model that you are, you shouldn't have even put yourself in that position to start with. Yeah. Um, I was trying to remember too the Minneapolis miracle. Was it Marshawn Lattimore who was the um? Do, do, do. Oh, Marcus Williams. Never mind. Not Marshawn Lattimore. I was trying to remember who the cornerback was who whiffed the tackle and the uh, Vikings won it. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's always a topic to talk about it's always something that's going to happen it seems like once a month somebody's getting in trouble and it it never fails if not more than that yeah nfl employs how many people and nfl is so big that even if 
It's the backup running back. It's making ESPN news. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's the funny thing about football. No matter what, it could be the front office guy. Don't matter if you're a part of the NFL and you and you fuck up on a big stage. The whole world's gonna know about it. Oh yeah. I guess just kind of wrapping wrapping up a couple more headlines with the NFL. Uh, talking about again about the Washington football team, they end up signing Adam Humphreys from the Titans. Um, I want to say it was a one-year deal. Um, let me see here. Adam Humphreys. I'm just assuming because everybody's signing one-year deals one this year. year deals. Yeah. Um, Just showing the the deal for that he had with the Titans. Oh, it just says terms weren't revealed, but the deal is for one year. So, um, and then the other big signing too, Seattle keeps Carlos Dunlap. Uh, obviously, a good sign or a good sign for them to keep him. Um, that's kind of the I guess the two the two big signings the past couple days for these teams kind of keep either a guy relocating or uh, a guy staying with their team. Yeah. Also uh, staying on the NFL too. another pretty, uh, a huge headline that kind of went away a little bit and it shouldn't have at all. Russell Wilson, um, Diana Rossini, reported the other day she has some inside information whether it's she knows people in team three or she knows people high in the seattle seahawks organization either way it looks like he is still wanting to be traded um and it's not just the four teams that originally were mentioned it looks like all teams are an option at this point i know the seahawks just did re-sign carlos dunlap and Maybe that's a power move to try to get Russ to stay. It also has been reported that they are targeting Richard Sherman to bring him back to that defense out there, maybe to try to keep Russ in town as well. The Bears, I know, are still working hard on getting a deal done. I did read somewhere. I just want to pull it up so I'm saying this accurately. Um. There's a trade that want, <laughs> that would be good for everybody that is the Bears fans really want to happen, where the Bears would get Russell Wilson, the Seahawks would get Sam Darnold, 2021 and 2022 first-round pick from Chicago, and Roquan Smith, and then the Jets would get the 2022 second-round pick from Chicago. That looks like that could be a potential deal. That is out there. I know the original deal that the Seahawks turned down was Akeem Hicks. Three first-round picks, a third-round pick, and it was Kyle Fuller and Akeem Hicks. Looks like that wasn't enough for Seattle. So you really wonder what it's going to take. What more do you want? That sounds like a pretty damn good deal. (laughs) I know that you could almost build a new team with three first round draft, you know, three first round draft picks. Akeem Hicks, he's an all, he's an all pro lineman, Will Fuller, all pro cornerback. So then you don't have to go and get Wilson. You got two all-star guys on that defense. Yeah. Yeah. So, huh. 
it's, you really wonder what it's going to take for Seattle to move him if they're going to move him because I know that still that displeasure is still there with Russell not getting the O line that he wanted with them really trying to do something to beef that O line up for him. Which again, if he's good, talking about you the think draft, he's move. Yeah, you think he's going to move? I it I mean it'd be nice to see him move. It's always it's of of course it's always good to see loyalty for teams like uh Aaron Rodgers with the Packers for so many years, Tom Brady with the Patriots for almost two decades. Um Russ has been with the Hawks for probably almost ten years now, I think. Like probably seven or eight years. Oh, wow. um, yeah. So it's always good to see loyalty in the NFL, but at the same time it's always nice to shake up shake up the league especially the nfc north and we had talked about it i believe last episode with how the quarterback position is pretty lopsided in the north right now with rogers um jared goff andy dalton and Kirk cousins obviously one name sticks out of those four the most and that's rogers so to bring walt wilson into the north and have those two especially because it seems like it, almost every year they the NFL tries to have Rodgers and Wilson head to head, whether it's Seattle coming to Green Bay or Green Bay going to Seattle. I feel like everybody likes to see that matchup. So if Russell can come to Chicago, that's a guaranteed matchup twice a year. Um, and then even into the playoffs, too, it seems like Green Bay and Seattle uh, run into each other a lot, or even Green Bay and Chicago. So, um, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to see him get traded. Uh, again, like you said, what's it going to take to get him to move, though? Um, and as I, as I was talking about the draft before, it's going to be filling that big question mark as well. If Seattle goes out and they can get a left tackle or wherever their weakest point on that line is it, with their first round pick or even their second round pick, whatever it looks like, go and get a couple guys to beef that lineup. If they do, they're keeping Russ. If they don't, it's basically saying, all right, the door is still open. Who wants him more kind of thing. Yeah, and how you talked about how the NFL kind of wants those Wilson-Rogers matchups type thing. It's They're a business, you know. They're a money-making machine. So they try to get those big-name headline quarterbacks face-to-face like the, Rod- the Rodgers-Brady matchup. Had it twice this year. How awesome was that? Breeze and Brady, you had that three times this year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You had a – no, Lamar Jackson didn't play. Yeah, they did. He played Mahomes. Then you had Allen Mahomes. You know, all these young guns facing each other. Yeah. And the best part of this whole thing is the Cowboys getting left out of this. Because I love to see it, dude. Mike McCarthy, thank you for winning us the Super Bowl. But I hope you really – run that franchise into the ground so America can just laugh at the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of like kind of like you said, as far as those mat- like those matchups everybody wants to see. As fun as it is to watch the watch Aaron Rodgers throw five or six touchdown passes against the Texans or the Jags or whatever and piss pound them. It's more fun to watch a tight game with a couple miscues of on both sides of a really good close game. Um, then, and like you said, as far as bringing Russell to Chicago or just bringing him to a team that, I mean, obviously Seattle needs him. They, 
who, who they'd go to after him. What is it? I think it's actually uh, Brett Hundley. Isn't he the backup right now? I want to say he's the backup. He was, he was he he did go to Seattle at one point. If he's still there, actually no. Brett Hundley's at Arizona at Arizona now. I think he's the backup for Murray. So I don't even know who the backup is for Seattle. Alex McGoff and Danny Etling. Yep, know who those guys are. So that <laughs> like those guys are Hall of Famers. Yeah. So <laughs> um, so yeah, it goes to show that I mean. It kind of makes sense why Seattle is being stingy. They're making sure that they get somebody who can immediately replace Russell, um, which makes you wonder why there's not a there's not talks of like a um, a three way trade involving like Houston in the mix, where somehow Deshaun Watson ends up in Seattle and Russell goes like a three way trade like between like Russell goes to Chicago. And then Watson goes to Seattle, and then obviously Houston would have to get something out of it too. But and and that's a th- and that's a thing too. Why you got to get some of these big trades to happen? Kind of like today, the trade between the pick trade between the Dolphins, Eagles, and 49ers had to be a three-way deal done because there's not enough on the table between two teams. A third one has to be thrown into the mix to kind of make it worth it. And when you're talking about two top top five quarterbacks in Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, you need a third team to be in on it to kind of add more to the table for these deals to go down. So, um, yeah, those three teams kind of make sense as far as a three-way tra- trade that can go down. But, well, time will tell to see what happens there. Yeah, and you got how you have all these big quarterbacks coming into the league this year. You're going to have pretty much a big-name quarterbacks dueling it out every Sunday for every game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's going to be – this next year is going to be really fun to see how this new uh, season of college quarterbacks that are coming in who are supposed to be top of the line, you know, it's re- it's going to be fun to watch. I really think some people are in for a surprise at some of these quarterbacks. Maybe some of them fall apart, you know. Not every, not every guy can make it. No, yeah, that, that's just crazy. Like you said, not every guy can make it. Where you see a lot of these, like, for instance, Joe Flacco. Um, where did he just get signed to the Eagles? I can't remember. He, he just got signed as a. He just got signed as so. Joe Flacco. Um, Broncos. Yeah, Eagles. Are you sure? I don't know. It pops up saying quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> oh, yep. You're right. He got yeah. released. Yep. They didn't re-sign him in uh, Denver. Oh, okay. But yeah, anyways. He played, he played a little bit last year. I think he played a couple games while he- Drew Locke was hurt last year. Yeah. But anyway, the point I was getting at is you have guys like Joe Flacco who won a Super Bowl for the Ravens like eight eight to ten years ago. I don't remember exactly what, what year it was. But you have a – That whole, was the Harbaugh brother matchup, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, but, yeah, you you have a, a, a Hall of Fame quarterback. And, I mean, that's all it really takes to, to be – to get into the Hall of Fame is winning a Super Bowl. Um, to have him – 
as a backup to Jalen Hurts. So it goes to show how many years ago Joe Flacco would have been a starter. Teams would have wanted him because he won a Super Bowl. He's a good quarterback, kind of a bigger body guy. He's what he's the quarterback of the old now. Not very mobile. He's a really slow guy. But again, he's backing up Jalen Hurts. So kind of like you said, not everybody's going to make it. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting now to see guys that we grew up watching that were the face of the NFL are now sitting the bench watching these young bucks one two years out of the draft leading these teams. Absolutely, it's very cool to see that how it's all sports are generating in that way where the younger the better because guys aren't getting, you know, there are the injury, the aspect, but the younger you are, the more athletic and stuff you're going to be. You know, your prime is like, they say it's like 25, between 25 and 30. Okay. So you get these guys in there when they're super young, they're going to be vets and matured and very good when they get to that 25 to 30 stretch where the league's going to be filled with excellent talent, which is kind of what you're getting in almost every sport now. Mm-hmm. The age the age is definitely getting younger and younger. I know hockey, I think the average age in the NHL is 23 years old, which is just incredible. Like, that is insane that it's hard to find guys that are born, you know, mm-hmm. past 98, 97. You know, it's it's really cool to see. It's fun to watch. Yeah. Um yeah, as far as far as the league kind of taking a younger trend too, it's it makes sense because it's cheaper for these teams to have these younger guys. They put them on rookie deals and yep. where it could it only costs them a couple million dollars or even and you got six figures. Six figures sometimes. for some of them, yeah. And obviously at that point if they're balling out, they're gonna want that they want to be one of the highest paid quarterbacks or receivers or left tackles, whatever it might be in the league. But you get that two to four years to kind of ride them out on that rookie deal to pay them a low amount, which to them is going to be a lot because they've never seen that kind of money before. So again, it's just that trend of the younger guys in the league kind of taking over. Um, yeah, it'll definitely be. I, I, it's funny how how low is it going to go though? Like, you know what I mean? There's just this trend of the younger and younger, younger. How, like, when's it finally going to hit that that low point where it's getting to the point that they're going to have to skew the rules of the NFL as far as like kind of the one and done deal for the NBA, where guys can play one year in college and be playing in the NBA at 18, 19 years old. Um, makes you wonder down the road three to five years if that's going to be something that comes up to allow guys straight out of high school to go into the NFL if they're that good. I don't think football would be a good sport to do that just for how big and fucking strong those guys are in the NFL. Um, Coming out of high school, I can't see anybody uh, standing there and taking a beating for a full NFL game and making it out the other side okay. Maybe a kicker, punter, you know, those those types of positions. I could see that maybe. But I feel like we're we're almost at that ceiling of how low you can bring that due to the fact that you these are pro leagues, they're businesses. They need professional kids, professional people involved in it. And you're not a professional person when you're 18, 19 years old. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, 
driving for two years, mm-hmm. really talking and whatever for seven, eight years, like you're still learning how to figure it out. And I feel those kids shouldn't be penalized for being that good and wanting to go that college route or press and pause for a second and say, Hey, I'm going to take the year off. I'm just going to figure some shit out. I'm going to continue to train, continue to do my thing, but I just want another year of life experience underneath my belt so I can handle all of this stuff that comes at me. Yeah. Because a lot of the people too, a lot of where a lot of people go wrong is they don't know how to manage their money, you know? And that, that's hard to do. I know people go their whole lives without ever learning how to manage their money. And especially when you have that much of it, think of all the phone calls, the people in your family, people asking you for things, you know, you have to be grown up enough and understand, or at least have someone managing that for you to where you're fully understanding of what's all going, all the moving pieces that are going on at all times. Oh, for sure. And as a, the crazy and fucked up thing too is when you hire somebody to manage your money for you. Sometimes you have corruption there where guys are shaving money off your paychecks, then taking it for themselves. Um, which, which is sad that you, Hey, I'm not educated enough to be able to take on this responsibility. I'm going to bring in somebody else. And that person ends up screwing you over. So even your family, there's a guy in the NHL, Jack Johnson, uh, Top pick. He was one of the top picks. Defenseman for the Columbus Blue Jackets. I, hold on. Let me let me just make sure that was correct. I was, he the, was he the guy who had like his parents screw him out of a bunch yep. of money? 60 mil. He plays for... He was the third overall pick in 2005. Um... Oh, looks like he's currently on the Rangers. Uh, okay. Yep. So he got drafted by Carolina, third overall pick in 2005. Then, <laughs> then he went to the Penguins. Then he went to the Blue Jackets. Then he went to the Kings. And now he's at the Rangers. So he's coming into the end of his career there. But, yeah, from a guy who had 60, 70 sheets, and then your parents takes it all from you and leaves you – basically broke and going through a hard time because he's only making like five million that was his last contract that he signed was in in, uh 2016 was for five million bucks so to think that you're gonna go probably the rest of your life never making that back because your family took it from you like that's sad yeah but props to him for keep going you know most people probably would have caved and ended it all and just quit playing and but props to the guy to keep going and keep battling. And he's still hanging out in the NHL, which is pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's, yeah, it's even worse when your own family does that shit to you. But I mean, you never know. You never know who's going to turn on you. Yeah, that's true. Um, Last news, I think of the NFL here. Drew Brees, uh, oh, yeah. potentially Sunday night football commentator for this upcoming season. There was an uh, article on Bro Bible that was released uh, one of the other days, and it was just talking about how NBC's kind of fat, right, NBC? 
or is that ABC? For uh, Sunday Night Football? Sunday Night. Yeah, it's NBC. NBC. So, yeah, it looks like NBC's fast-tracking Drew Brees to try to get in there with Al Michaels to replace uh, Chris Collinsworth for this upcoming season, which would be an interesting take. I know Roma's killing it in the commentary game. It's so fun to Mm – see a quarterback who has is the most knowledgeable person in football because they have to know so much. It's really cool to see them dissect everything and break it down to a dummy per se, the average person sitting at home watching football who doesn't really understand all the moving parts because all 11 guys are crucial out there. Like Roger said on the McAfee show, it is probably one of the hardest team sports to do just because you have 11 guys out there and they all have to do their job correctly on every single play, where the other sports, it's five guys. So just the, the number of people out there all having to do their job consistently just makes it very, very hard as a sport to be successful at. Mm-hmm. So I think, that'd be, I think that'd be really cool. And who knows, maybe even a Breeze-Romo night, you know, Super Bowl. That'd be, that'd be really cool to see. Yeah. You're telling me you don't want to hear Collinsworth anymore? Now, here's a guy. (laughs) Hear him go on and rant the whole time, talking about how, yeah. Uh, I mean, he was a great commentator. Oh, yeah. But we all need to kind of move on now. Mm -hmm. I'm glad, glad too, with, like, ESPN moving on from, uh, uh, was it Green and Booger McFarlane? I, I dreaded listening to them two commentate games where it's just, like, Booger was like the like Tony Romo, but the exact opposite in the sense of talking to a dummy where he would literally like repeat himself in his own sentence to like the point that it sounded like he didn't know what he was talking about. And obviously he's a he's an ex ex NFL player and he makes millions of dollars and obviously knows more about football than me. But to have somebody on the screen who's able to appeal to every type of audience, whether you're new into the NFL, just trying to learn the game, somebody who's on their way or somebody who's been a fan of it for decades, Romo kind of fits the bill there. And um, like, like you said with Drew Brees, it'll be interesting to see a, a quarterback pers- perspective, somebody who's dissected the game for years and years and years to be able to go on a television screen and be able to talk about it instead of saying it in a huddle where – only 10 other guys understand what he's saying. Oh, absolutely. One commentary thing that I'd love to see, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck only call, get the call Dallas Cowboy games. I am sick of them calling so many games, dude. Especially they the Packers. Get... They rip on the – well, Aikman rips on the Packers just because – He hates Rodgers. Yeah, he doesn't like – He's yeah. jealous. That's what it is. He's jealous, but those two should only be able to call Dallas games. That's it. Yeah. Let's start, let's start a trend. Let's start a hashtag. Start to go fund me to get them, get them to get sign them. a contract for only Dallas Cowboy games. Only. Yep. Come on, Jerry. You got the money for that. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree with that. That'd be, that'd be cool to see like uh, um, even Drew. Well, it sounds like you said Drew Brees is prepping for kind of Sunday night football, but it'd be nice to see some newer. Well, I like chart like Charles Davis and, uh, um, Kevin Burkhart for Fox. Those are two good guys. I like listening to them always call games. Um, so it'd be nice to see them kind of get more. I mean, obviously they they can only call one game a week. They can't call. There's 16 games that happen. Well, 
aside from bye weeks and stuff. But there's over 10 games that happen every Sunday. They can only call one. So it's like whether they call your team's game or not is up in the air. But they need more guys like that that are just more – and like Romo, who just kind of dissect the game and make it fun to listen to. And it's not all, all, not all about analytics because – Again, we all have smartphones. We all have a brain. We can go look up analytics if you want analytics. It's about watching a game and having it be entertaining to listen to. Right. Um, yeah, I guess kind of moving on from the NFL and uh, with this topic as well, kind of a uh, a trending thing for, I guess, our podcast. So with the Masters coming up, uh, one, one thing that I saw yesterday was – that they're not going to be requiring spe- or requiring spectators to take a COVID test. So they would have had to been a take take a COVID test and be three days negative before they're allowed to go into these uh, events. So starting with the Masters, they won't have to do those tests anymore. So it'll be kind of interesting to see, I guess, how that works out for as a spectator for that sport. And kind of sticking with, with the Masters talk, um, not, there's not a set date yet, but we plan to have a guest on uh, around the week of the Masters. Um, we won't won't say quite say who it is yet, just because the deals aren't finalized, and we want to keep you guys in suspense to make sure you come back and check that out. But yeah, we're excited. They had reached out, and obviously within the first week of our podcast, having somebody reach out and say they like what we're doing and would love to come on is obviously great for us. So. Um, keep an eye out for that and yeah in two weeks we plan to have a guest on and uh yeah i'll just kind of leave it at that yeah very excited very excited that should be a lot of fun um the people who might be making an appearance or person i should say should be able to fill us in a little bit more with uh some golf knowledge and talk we'll dive a little bit deeper and that's why we waited for around the master's time was so that we can talk strictly golf and we can take a deep dive into what's kind of going on in the golf world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we, this, this, this coming week, we should, the deal, the details should be finalized for that. And as soon as we have the, the date set, um, be sure to look out on our socials, Instagram, Twitter, stuff like that. Uh, we'll make sure to post about it as soon as we have all that finalized. Yep. We'll definitely keep you guys in the loop. Um, so I guess that, do you want to, do you want to try that segment? Kind of those questions I put together for you? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, um, I did a little bit of homework last night and just kind of did, or did some research as far as some kind of, uh, trending topics. Um, they're all, they're all, uh, NBA and bas in baseball, given that baseball is just around the corner and the NBA is coming towards the end of the season. Um, so there's just kind of some under over. So I'll, I'll ask you a question and you kind of weigh in based on how you think it's going to happen. So first question, the first two questions are going to be NBA and the last three will be uh, baseball. Okay. So Miami Heat currently sit in seventh place in the East. With them acquiring Oladipo, do they crack the top five by season's end, stay in the bottom half, or do they miss out on the playoffs this year? They're definitely going to crack the top five. I feel like they are might even hit that fifth, might even hit that third spot potentially. There's still a lot of basketball left to be played. Old Depot coming down there definitely adds to that. Now they have the three-headed monsters, so, so to say. 
they should they should be a good team and make a deep deep run. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take that they're gonna be they're gonna crack that fifth spot. Yeah, I, I definitely I, I agree with that. Um, it's obvious. I mean, again, they they're one year removed from being in the NBA Finals, and they pretty much kept everybody that they had. So it's not like there's been a lot of changes. So it's all about who gets hot at the end of the year. And I definitely agree that them having all the is going to be a good upward trend for them. So, all right. Uh, next question. So in the Western conference, the Lakers are now projected to be the fourth C going into the playoffs after LeBron going down. Do they continue their decline without LeBron and Davis in the lineup? Or do they find a new identity to crawl back into the top in hopes that they have both healthy come playoff time and go for their back-to-back title run? That's a great question. I mean, you'd like to put faith in the system and believe that the Lakers is an organization, one of those top organizations having those pieces granted they are out still having them in the building in the room talking to the guys helping the younger guys figure it out i feel like they'll find their identity and at least hold on and make a playoff spot and hopefully lebron ad can get back in right around that time with about a week two weeks left in the season where they can get some playing some minutes back going for them to make a deep run because i could see them facing facing the nets in the title like i could really see that but also the clippers now have a way better chance after they got rondo like we talked about yesterday due to Mm -hmm. they got a leader now Mm -hmm. they never had one it was kind of pg Kawhi, pg Kawhi. who's who's gonna take the leadership now rondo comes in i'm that guy you guys just worry about balling Mm mm-hmm so yeah, no, I, 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 I believe that they'll find that they'll find that identity and hopefully that they can make another run. It'd be cool to see LeBron win another one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, move, moving on the last couple of questions here, I'll be kind of baseball related being uh, six days away from opening day. Uh, and these are all the last three of these are kind of projections for the year. So uh, the Dodgers are the national league favorite to, and projected to have 103 wins for the season. Do they break 100 on the year, or do they stay under? They'll break 100. Dodgers are a powerhouse. They built that team perfectly. They've always been there the last however many years. They're breaking 100. All right. Um, So last two questions kind of related to our our Milwaukee Brewers. Um, Brewers are projected to win the NL Central by four games over the Cubs. Do the Brewers win the Central or falter a wild card game for the second year in a row? I believe that we do fall to that wild card spot. Um, Love to see the Brewers win the division. You kind of really don't know what's going to happen, as usually the Brewers do hit that slump. They lose a guy. They usually – Always hit, like, we come out hot every year. We always are the top, and then we hit that slump that takes us all the way down. It it happens year in and year out. Never – you can't count on that not happening as a Brewers fan. So I'm going to say we're going to make the playoffs, but I think we're going to hit that wild card spot. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because last year it was the – or I'm sorry, two years ago, 
it was the Washington Nationals that won the World Series. Who beat us on it, that in that wild card air? Yeah, outfielder, whoever was playing right field, I forgot who it was. I think it. Oh, what's his name? He was he he was only with the Brewers for a year. He was a young guy. Yep. Um, he was a young guy, and he's good too. He was a young guy, and he was good, and he just made a made an error. I could see his and face because he always had he always had a big chawing of uh, um, sunflower seeds. Um, ah, I can't remember his name. Grisham, Grisham. There it is. Yep. Um, so yeah. Anyway, uh, last question again, t- targeted towards the Brewers. Well, specifically Christian Yelich. Yelich is projected to hit 35 home runs for the 21 season. For reference, Mike Trout is projected number to be number one with 43. Does Yelich fall short of or surpass that mark to even um, move up to the number one spot? You said 35? Yeah. I'm going to say he hits 40. Okay. How many yeah. did he have last year? I think he hit, he broke 40 and he got hurt the last uh, like month of the year. So he he was on track to he was on track for 50, I want to say before he got hurt. Yeah, ever since he came to Milwaukee, it looked like he dialed in how to hit the ball. Um one of the most consistent hitters in the league, obviously. Miller Park ball friendly or a hitter friendly ballpark as well. Definitely think he breaks 35. Hoping hoping he hits 40. And it'd be even cooler if he wins if he hits the most of the league. Yeah. You know, it's he's always he's always uh in the running to be a MVP since he's been with the Brewers and Silver Slugger and um yeah. It'll be interesting to see how this year starts out. And baseball season's a long season, so again, we always get our hopes up as Brewers fans. Oh, they look good coming out of the gate. And then it's always after the all-star break. Um, they just fall apart, whether it's somebody getting hurt or somebody just falling apart, whether that's management and they're not managing the games very well. But, um, yeah, be interesting to see what happens this year. But, yeah, that's all I had for those questions. So, I guess one, or uh, since we're on the topic of baseball, I'll throw this this one uh, headline in there too. Uh, sticking with the Brewers, they look to use Josh Hader primarily as a ninth inning closer instead of a reliever role like they have in the past, um, which I think is due in part to two years ago, the MLB adding in their three batter minimum rule. So basically in years past, the, a batter could come or a pitcher could come in, whether it's a good matchup, a lefty against a righty or righty against a lefty, whatever it might be, they strike that one guy out, pull him, and then another guy comes in. So now they have the three batter minimum rule where, I mean, the only way you could uh, face less than three batters is if you close out an inning. So if you come in with two outs left, you get the last out, you can be pulled. But if you come in at the beginning of an inning, you can't just pitch you one or two. All three out. You, got, right. you got to face at least three batters. So it kind of makes sense for them to move in him into that ninth, ninth inning closer role. Um, especially to keep them healthy so that they can use them multiple times a week. Whereas if they use them as a reliever that limits his pitch count there. So um, I think it's definitely a good move for them. Agreed. And for a guy that throws straight gas, like he does, you need to save. Cause look at going back to that nationals game. We brought him in way too early 
when he and he ran out of gas. You need to save your guy for the end of the game where he can come in there and just rifle rifle the balls and catch guys when they're tired. You know, at the end of the game when you're tired, you might be out of it, thinking about something else, seeing 105 coming zinging across the plate, boom. Like, definitely a great move for the Brewers to move him into that closer role. And, hey, hopefully he gets the most clo- saves this year. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know if you had any other points. I kind of, as as we talk about a point, I take it off my list. So that's kind of my main highlights for the day. Yeah, nothing really else. Baseball world um, can jump over to hockey real quick um, for last night. My Flyers got piss pounded eight to three by the Rangers. That was a very saddening game to watch for the Flyers. They're going through a very, very bad uh, struggle right now they've lost can't tell you how many they've lost now in a row they've given up 17 goals their last two against the rangers um the rangers now tied with them in points putting them both at that fifth spot sixth spot zabanajed miko zabanajed also had to bring this up he also set a record tying lemieux gretzky and stevie eiserman for points in consecutive games against the flyers and goals against the flyers in consecutive games so shout out to mika um i also did happen to catch the end of the leafs ottawa or toronto maple leafs and ottawa senators game austin matthews made a crazy play to give them the the win he stuck his leg out and stopped the puck when it was going to be a three on O going the other way for Ottawa in overtime. And he walks in and dangles the goalie. He lost it. Mitch Marner grabs it, comes around and throws it to the defenseman in the slot. They ended up winning three to two on uh, the Penguins. They won four, nothing uh, dominating performance. Crosby three assists. What can you say? How are you? Uh, the New York Islanders, they beat the Boston Bruins four to three in overtime. That was a great game. Uh, the Capitals beat the Devils. Ovechkin, goal and an assist. Good to see him keep pumping those numbers. It'd be nice to see him catch Gretzky before it's all said and done. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes beat the Columbus Blue Jackets four to three in overtime. The Minnesota Wild down the Blues two nothing. The Blackhawks down the Panthers three to zero. Predators shit on the Red Wings seven to one. The Stars ended up beating the Cup winners of last year, the Tampa Bay Lightning, four to three, and then the Colorado Avalanche beat the Vegas Golden Knights five to one. So as you can kind of see, it's either blowouts or it's overtimes. Um, that's kind of what you're getting this season. Just looking at how all the games are going with the schedules, the back to backs, the playing the same teams kind of all the time it's really starting to get grinding and taxing on these teams. And like my flyers right now, the wheels have just about fallen off the trade deadlines coming up on April 12th, hoping that they make a couple moves to change some things up. I think they've gotten too complacent coming into the year, being expected to be the top seed coming out of the East. Carter Hart, young goaltender who had a great year. He's really, I know as a goaltender, it's really hard to, to, bounce back when you've just been not even standing like you're playing goalie but it's like you're not even in the net teams are just putting pucks in and 
not just his fault either. The Flyers need to give definitely more of an effort. It seems like they're too lackadaisical out there, and they just think that they expect to win. Mm-hmm. So I'd be hoping as a Flyers fan, hoping maybe they move Carter Hart, maybe they move a goal, maybe they move their goaltender, their young goalie that they thought was so good, who unfortunately has shit the bed this year so far, or maybe they try to go out and get like a Patrick Line. Who is one of the top goal scorers that was moved from Winnipeg earlier? So that's kind of all the hockey talk that I got for today. There was a lot of games last night, so it was a lot to keep up on, especially with me as a Flyers fan. I did have to watch that whole Flyers game. So <laughs> tonight you do have you have the Devils and the Caps going at it, uh, the Ducks and the Blues, the Sharks and the Coyotes, and then you have the Jets and the Flames. The Oilers and Canadians are postponed again for COVID. So yeah, that's looking like what that's coming into, and I know. Uh, for all the other hockey fans out there, the NCAA tournament, hockey tournaments underway today. Unfortunately, the Badgers did lose today. But it's great to see all these college tournaments and stuff coming together at the same time where it's like a month and a half of great sports. It's like once March Madness starts through the Masters, it's just like crazy sports, 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 sports. Like it's a great time of year, especially for us. Yeah. And then right, right as it slows down, NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs start. So it's yep. there's a brief hiatus there for a week just to c- catch our breath and admire all the champions from the past couple of weeks and then move on to watch the NBA and NHL. And then baseball's underway th- through the, all the summer. When are the Olympics? The Olympics got to be starting. July, end of July. July? Yeah. So, yeah, so it'll be a little bit of a lull time, like, right around when that Masters ends. Probably just be more baseball mm-hmm. for about a week or two before those playoffs really ramp up and get get going towards the end because it's – first rounds are always great to see, but it's kind of some of those matchups in the in – especially basketball are kind of ones versus the eight. One's definitely going to win. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, the, I mean, that's kind of all I had for today. Didn't really have, didn't really have too much else. Um, no, yeah, lot that we unpacked today is kind of, it's kind of funny to see how much stuff went down since our last episode ended until this morning. There's, um, again, some the the big trade with the the Dolphins, Eagles, and Niners. Um, like, like you said, uh, Drew Brees kind of diving into the broadcasting. Um, yeah, a lot going on. Uh, so o- over the weekend, news, yeah, I think that is still just the biggest hit that and there's a Sean Watson thing. Like the two biggest question marks that no one's really talking about where no news is breaking anywhere. Like it's hard to find anything to to find to talk about this any further because of how tight these organizations are keeping it locked down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these leaves a lot of open translation for people to make their own opinions, and obviously some hope, some hopefuls of long shots of something might happening. Which honestly, it seems like a long shot, but some of them might not be because it might happen. So, um, right be interesting to see kind of the headlines that happen over the weekend and we'll make sure to unpack it all for you guys on Monday. 
Yeah, absolutely. Hope hope everybody has a great weekend out there. Stay safe and yeah, just have a good time because that's what life's all about. Yes, sir. All right. I'll see you on Monday. All right. See you Monday.